If you're ready to create more wealth and success in your life than ever before, this podcast is for you. Robert Allen, New York Times bestselling author and real estate investing expert, has helped thousands of people learn how to accumulate wealth and multiply it quickly through real estate investing. If you're ready to move forward faster and create the wealth you've always dreamed about, then we have exactly what you need on No Money Down with Robert Allen. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Creating Wealth. And we always have a pleasure to have our mentor, Robert Allen. How are you doing, Bob? Awesome. Awesome. (laughs) And today we're going to talk about debt. So uh, Dave Ramsey mentioned um, on one of his tweets on March 2022, he said, debt is dumb, cash is king, and a paid-off home mortgage has taken the place of a BMW as a status symbol of choice. <laughs> what do you think about that? Yeah. Well, let's let's talk about Dave. Dave's a, a great guy, and he had his own personal problems, and he was very open about them, how he fixed his problems. And now he teaches people on personal finance. Now, this is really good stuff because everybody needs to have a foundation of personal finance habits that are good, that are smart. I'm not a personal finance guy. I am an investment guy. I'm going to teach you how not to save a lot of money and put it away in a bank somewhere and have a high savings account. I'm going to tell you how to take nothing and turn it into millions. And therefore, that's I I have a totally different mindset. Now, what I like about Dave Ramsey is he's teaching people that, that are not investors, basically. They have spent their way into a hole. They bought too many things that went down in value, and they, put, and they did it on debt. Credit card debt is 12, 14, 18, 26, 30% interest. That's crazy. Oh, wow. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And therefore, they bought things that went down in value, and now they have a high interest rate payment to come back to pay it off. And that's stupid. You're absolutely right. That kind of debt is dumb. And I agree with him a thousand percent. That is dumb. However, on the other side, as long as you are a basic level of personal finance control, in other words, you're not taking all these profits you're earning and buying, you know, assets that go down in value, you are investing with little or no money down, you are getting into lots of debt. And in the, in the case of real estate, you're getting into 100% debt, meaning 100% of the mortgage is covered by the value of that property. And therefore, you have to make monthly payments on that for the next 30 years. So that's the only reason that I would t- take on that kind of debt. This is investment debt is because I want to buy something that has a potential and a very high probability that will go up in value. And what I love about real estate is not only when I borrow the money, I'm borrowing money to buy a cash-generating asset. If I'm buying it to buy land, that's not good. If I'm buying it to buy an asset that doesn't go up in value, like gold, for instance, that doesn't generate cash flow. Diamonds, they, they don't generate cash flow. They only generate value. And it's a hedge against inflation. So if it goes up in value, fine, that's good. You now took your money and you put cash and you put it into real estate. I'm sorry, you put it into gold, for instance. And that's, that's fine. Um, I don't have a problem with that. As long as you realize that the gold investment that you bought is, doesn't generate cash flow. It's just going to so stay there. It should be, it should be a por- portion of your portfolio. It should be 1%, you know, 5%. Oh, wow. You should have savings, and that should represent the personal finance area of your, of your goals. 
So that's going to represent, let's say, 20% of your net worth will be liquid cash that you've saved up. And it's taking you a long time to do it. But you don't have to wait until you have saved up enough money to put that into a down payment to buy a piece of real estate. This is the way most people do it. They'll constrict their budgets. They'll put some money aside. They'll save that five, ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars that they got to save fifty thousand dollars. And good for them. I'm glad they're able to do that. But I would rather find a highly motivated seller who will sell me the property today. Right. Why, why, why do I need to wait until I've saved the money up? That's not a mis- that's that's a mistake. Don't wait, especially when property values are going up. You yeah, because like I gotta, mean, older money is going to worth nothing. You got to get involved in it now, and and not only if real estate values are going up, but the value of your of your dollar bill is going down because of inflation. So it should force you to want to get into the game. It just it just should. However, your your investment you need to use debt in a wise way. Yeah, you can have a hundred percent leverage as long as the cash flows are covered. The mortgage payments cover uh, the, the mortgage payments are covered by the cash flow that's flowing from that real estate, mm-hmm. and um, and it has a huge potential for upside. It's good upside. So I'm not paying retail for a real estate. I'm paying wholesale. I want to get lower that's than right. the value of that property. And from what I'm hearing, I feel like that is kind of like a loaded gun. Like it can be good or bad depending on how you use it. And as long as you're using that in this case to grow your portfolio, to grow your yeah. investments and get that cash flow, that security, that's all what all that matters pretty much. Yeah. So, for example, I know that there's a couple of loans that you can get and um, the collateral would be your, uh, let's say, one of the properties that you already own. Is it good to do that practice to have one of your personal assets tied to a loan? As a security? Well, it's a nothing down technique. It's saying to the seller, Mr. Seller, you have a lot of equity in this property. I want to buy it. And I'm going to make you monthly payments on the amount of equity that you have remaining. I know that you don't trust me because I'm a person you may have never met before, but I will give you extra collateral. Okay. I'll give you another property that I own that has 20% equity in it. And therefore, your mortgage is blanketed, call it a blanket mortgage, on two properties or three properties. And you would be willing to do that because the assets that you're acquiring is, has a potential for going up in value and therefore it'll help you with inflation, etc. But you want to make sure that you don't leave that mortgage onto a property longer than necessary. Mm-hmm. So you want to remove the mortgage, the blanket mortgage, on your own property After a period of time where you've proved your your worth. So you say to the seller, Mr. Seller, I, I realize that I'm asking you to take 100% financing, which is seems to be risky. I understand that you might not want to carry a note against this property because you're afraid that what happens if you have to get the property back, you know? So the way I'm going to help you with that situation is I'm going to give you a mortgage on my other property. I have another property over across the country or across the city. And you'll be on title. You'll be as a person who has lent me money secured by not only your property, but my property, two properties. And you'll be on the loan. And, and the, the, the property description will be, both properties will be the collateral for the loan you're going to make me. And therefore, it increases your collateral. It doubles it from what it now it's, much more than what you were expecting. Therefore, I'm at risk more. Mm-hmm. Therefore, after a year, if I've made my payments on time, 
I want you to release the mortgage on my home because now the property's gone up in value. I've proven to you that I can make the monthly payments. Uh, there's, there's a lot less risk now, so therefore we're going to take away the mortgage on the, the, the property that you own, the second, mm-hmm. the second mortgage. How do you set that up? You set that up from day one. You put it into an escrow where the escrow company receives the, ma- the payment from you and applies it in, uh, according to the instructions of the seller. And the collateral for that loan is the, this one property that has, uh, these two properties that have extra equity. So you feel a little more safe, right? However, it says right in the escrow agreement, however, if I make my monthly payments on time every month, I'm never late. And you can inspect the property and realize that the property is in good condition. You know, it's in as good a condition as when you sold it to me. Then I want you to remove the, my property, my home, from your collateral agreement. And this can be done by signing a, a, an agreement in advance. So everything is all signed and agreed to before you actually close on that property. Therefore, if you make the monthly payments regularly for the next 12 months, mm-hmm. the seller realizes you're not a flake, you're okay, right. then the, the escrow company automatically releases the mortgage from your property because you've given them the proof. They know you made the payment on time because you made the payment to them. Mm -hmm. And they can see that 12 payments have gone by. So they release it automatically and they file it automatically. The seller has a little more extra security for a period of time. And uh, eventually they don't. They don't have that. So debt, it's good. If you're using it to buy assets that go up in value, Using that debt to even secure more property than what you are buying, but having a blanket mortgage, that's debt. And therefore, it increased your debt on the property that you own. It increased it from you know, 80% to 100%. Therefore, you were in more in leverage. You're actually in more danger. You don't mm-hmm. want to do that unless the deal you're buying is a good enough deal to have you risk your other assets for it. And that's, that's scary, and I, I realize that, but that's what you do. You know, so debt is good if it's buying assets that go up in value. Debt is bad if it's buying assets that go down in value. Dave Ramsey is right. However, he would also tell you, I think, mm. if you want to invest in another property, does Dave Ramsey own any real estate? Did he get a mortgage when he bought his home? Or did he save up for 10 years? And he might have until he could finally pay for the house in cash. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's okay. That's not the investor lifestyle. The investor lifestyle is to borrow as much as you can on assets that go up in value so that they can take you to wealth. So when you sell all those assets, it pays off your house, everything else, and then you can go into a different mode. Mm-hmm. You're not in a high leverage mode. You're actually in a low leverage mode. So that's where I'm at right now in my life. I'm in low leverage, meaning I don't own a lot of real estate with lots of mortgages against it, high leverage real estate. I did for many, many, many years, but now I'm in, a, I'm in my 70s now. So it's time for me to take away the leverage, to not use the leverage, mm-hmm. to use cash instead. That's and right. And I feel like uh, the main uh, thing is that people need to understand that when you use debt, you need to use it as a tool. 
And uh, you need to be comfortable with using debt as a way for you to get the wealth that you're looking for in the future. Um, what are some of the, um, um, the advice that you could give people <coughs> so they can feel more comfortable of going into that? Because like I remember like on my very first house when I bought it, um, they mentioned to me, oh, yeah, you're going to be owning, owing this much money for the house to the bank. And I was like, oh, my goodness, I just got in debt on my birthday. Worst day ever. <laughs> um but then it took me a little bit for me to understand that that was part of my process to become financially free. Yeah. So what are some of the uh, pieces of advice that you could give people so they can feel more comfortable going into big debt like this? Well, uh, I'm trying to be I'm trying to keep you safe by investing in properties that are closer to home, that's a rule. Mm -hmm. By investing in properties that are cash flow oriented, that's another rule. By investing in properties that not only can go up in value but can go up dramatically in value, therefore you're using the debt in a wise way. You're buying wholesale. You're not buying paying retail. You're not speculating. So you can use the real the the, the mortgages or the loans, the debt, as long as you're playing by other more safe rules, right? So I've been in ten million dollars worth of debt before. I know what that's oh, like. Wow. Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> and you you just learn how to deal with it. Now the two kinds of people in the world are employees and entrepreneurs. And entrepreneurs are more risk-oriented. The employees are more risk-averse. And therefore, they find it difficult to shift into the real estate game. They're, they've been trained by life that it's okay to get a mortgage for your home. It's where you're going to live, and that's okay. But now I'm going to go into investment debt. I'm going to buy more real estate. I'm going to have higher leverage. And sometimes that leverage will be 100%. If you're buying with nothing down, it'll be 100%. So what if, you, what if you can't handle debt? What if you can't sleep at night? Well, the purpose of wealth is for you to be able to enjoy your life. And if it kills your, your dream, um, then you have to play in a different game. You know, Maybe you borrow other people's money and buy it. And of course, that might be scarier to, to you too because <laughs> you're responsible for, for the debt you're raising and mm -hmm. you buy it from other people. Maybe you go into, I'm going to save my way up until I buy my first little property. It's going to be a real tiny little thing. And I'm going to buy it and I'm going to fix it up and I'm going to and, and, uh, eventually pay it off as quickly as possible. Now you've got a property that might have taken you 10 years to pay off. You have high monthly payments on it. And now it's paid off. Now I use that as a, as a springboard to go into my next property and my third property. You can play a conservative game. You can. You can. It just takes time. It's, it's all about time. It can That's be. Right. It can be longer in the future. If you're afraid of debt, fine. But I'm not afraid of debt. Um, most real estate agents or uh, uh, operators are not afraid of debt, mm -hmm. but they do use it unwisely, mm -hmm. and uh, therefore, just use it wisely. You'll be fine. That's right. And as long as you uh, trust in the people that you're also working with when you're going into that, for example, like if you have a mentor, if you have a partner that you're going with um, for investing into these properties, you should be fine. You need to just trust in these people as much as they are trusting you with this big amount of money. Well, then again, exactly. thank you so much again, Robert. And thank you for teaching us. Watch out for that actually... debt. Make sure it's the right kind of debt, not the wrong kind of debt. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, we need to watch out for that. Uh, but as long as we use it as the right tool that it is, we should be totally fine and on our way to become financially independent. Absolutely. <laughs> thank you so much again. You're and welcome. thank you to our audience. And we'll see you on the next episode. Hey!